Hi, this is JR from The JR Show on The Joy FM. Welcome to The JR Show podcast. You're listening to episode two of the podcast. It is time for our first artist, and we're leading it off in grand fashion. She is one of the greatest female worship vocalists on planet Earth. The female voice on one of the biggest songs the past year, The Blessing. She is Carrie Job, and here is my conversation with Carrie. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, will you please put your little paws together for our guest today, Carrie Job. Thank you for taking a moment. Of course. Let's lead right into, uh, we'll get to COVID stuff in a second. <laughs> One of the, I, I think, I guess if you look back at the first 10 years of the 2000s, uh, Matt Redman's 10,000 Reasons would be a decade song, a generational song Absolutely. that they don't come along very often, but it was the song of a generation. And I have a feeling the blessing mm. is going to be the new one mm. where they're not just, oh, that was a hit. It was, this is one we'll sing in heaven kind mm. of a deal. No, um, that. So I'd rather, I'd like to just start going right into that by, see, right when you first got married, I didn't know much about your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, my friend Haley and I kind of are the faces of our worship channel we just started. And so we're playing a lot of Cody now. Uh, So we bounced. It's pretty much how much versions of Hillsong can we play? Worship, United. (laughs) And then now it's between you and your husband. We're going back and forth. Um, um, So how did, let's just go into how did, um, where did the song come from? I guess we'll start with that. Yeah, um, man, it's, it's just been such a, fun journey and watching what God just does with wild, radical prayers, you know. I've loved leading worship for many, many, many years now, and I've I've gotten to be a part of some pretty beautiful songs and, and gotten to carry some songs that I didn't write, like just songs I connected with over the years. And um, so we, we met up with Stephen Furtick and um, Chris Brown from Elevation. Uh, I guess it's been... I don't even, I've lost track of time. I don't even know what year it is anymore. <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> um, the, 2020, the year we went to all forget, right? <laughs> I'm going to bleep when oh. you said 2020. Oh, exactly. <laughs> the, um, we met up with them in February and just had a desire to write for the church. And, you know, we all are a part of local church, all of us. And, and so our heart that day was literally what could work in our congregations and wh- what is the heart of the father right now over his, over us as his kids. And, um, we actually spent about seven or eight hours writing a different song and we went to demo that song and they're setting up the microphones in the room and, and getting it ready. And pastor Steven grabs a guitar and like starts singing a different melody, but the exact idea of the verse on the blessing. And he's like, man, I just, had such a heart to write a song around number six for a long time. He, you know, it was just kind of like shooting the breeze kind of a thought. And, but, but the, the feeling in the room, like the weight of the presence of God in the room was so thick. It like shifted and it, everyone paused. It was, I just remember everyone just kind of like waiting and Chris Brown, like grabbed his, his memo phone thing and, and turned it on and, let Pastor Stephen just sing it out for a minute. And then he's like, oh, it's fine. We should demo this other thing. And and he's like, or should we just, should we lean in on this for a minute? And we were like, we, sh- we should lean on this. We sh- Like, you know, you just felt it in the moment. And so for five hours longer, 
we leaned in on the blessing and I'm really thankful that we did. And it just felt like it wrote itself. It felt like we were just, um, sitting around with friends, just reminding ourselves of the promises of God that we all talk about and believe and sing about and read about in scripture. But it was like, it just kind of came together in a song. Yeah. And it was just really, really fun. And then we just thought, let's do it this weekend. We are leading at Elevation that weekend, and the rest is history. Yeah. It's pretty pretty cool. Um, I, I'm like a connoisseur of, like if, if there were baseball cards for for vertical worship, I would collect them. I would too. <laughs> um, just because it's, you know, when you study the history of modern worship, you go back to Delirious, and mm-hmm. you, you're like Martin Smith, he's... It's like, wait, this isn't Graham Kendrick anymore. Mm-hmm. This is big shift. Yeah, yeah. He's. I feel like he's delirious. Started it, mm-hmm. and it was like this is like rock and roll, but it's it's like worship. And then all of a sudden, the churches all around the world started. And I guess Hills, you know, Darlene Shack, yeah. and then yeah. Hillsong was doing their thing, and now it's become this beautiful thing where you got elevation and what you were doing, Gateway and Bethel yeah. and Jesus Culture. So it's this beautiful right. thing, and everybody working together. I, I have to ask you, kind of a uh, just as a fan of it all, you look at something that I was, who's the guy at Hillsong that wrote Ben Fielding and mm-hmm. Reuben Morgan. Mm-hmm. I like to just talk about worship because when you look at the radio dial, other, our competition in Tampa, Atlanta, you can scroll and you can hear Justin Timberlake sing a good melody. Mm-hmm. But the songs that we have the ability to play can literally change the atmosphere in a car. Or as Joel Houston once said, he's like, people listening to our songs on a subway in New York. He's like, the atmosphere can change. Mm -hmm. And nobody else in the dial can play something like that Mm -hmm. because everything is Holy Spirit infused. But there are songs like The Blessing or 10,000 Reasons or Sea of Victory where it's like, whoa, this is... This is pretty groundbreaking stuff that we get to be a part of sharing with our listeners or your congregations. Mm -hmm. So it's really special. Um, Absolutely. So as you're singing these, it's a massive weight to sing these songs in front of thousands of people just on a Sunday. Right. I guess you've been doing it so long, it's not that big of a struggle maybe, but Brooke Fraser calls it the hand meter Mm. and her ability to avoid, is this song connecting with our congregation this week? Because she's able to separate the hand meter being something that's actually relevant. Um, has that ever been tough for you to look out and avoid the, well, I guess if there's enough hands up, the song's working. Right. How yeah. tough is that? Oh yeah. I mean, that's, you you ride that line as, as anybody that wants to connect with people, you want to look out and feel like there's a connection. But I, I read this in a Matt Redman bringing it back full circle to him. He wrote Heart of Heart of Worship, the little this little like worship book years ago. It's like super thin. And he he in the first verse talks about the importance as a worship leader to lead worship by revelation and not response. And I've always loved that idea and it's the same thing as what Brooke's talking about. It's just trusting the Holy Spirit and not what you see. Cuz honestly, that that can be so misleading as to what the Spirit of God is doing in a room anyway. Uh, There could be all the hands in the air, but heart connection's not happening at all. It's hard to tell. Like, you can have somebody that's got their hands crossed on the front row, and you think, oh, man, what's going on in that person's life? This this is not where they want to be or something. And then they come up to you after worship, and they're like, that was the most incredible experience I've ever had in my life. And Mm -hmm. you're like, wow, 
I didn't know that. Yeah, if you could <laughs> let me know. Body language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just you don't know what what God's doing deep in the heart of people, and you just have to be so careful with that. I like the hand meter thing. That's probably yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. I like this. I don't get much. I'm sorry for talking your ear off about this, but we don't get too many people that um, Christian Stanfield is a guy that I've been very, when young kids start leading worship at a young age that you're like, whoa, you weren't born to just be an artist. Mm. You were handpicked to be a a worship leader is something Mm. so different from some rock star. And so for Christian to be doing that at such a young age, you weren't, 30 when you got no i was this 15 year old kid mm-hmm. matt redmond getting abused by his father in england and his mm-hmm. stepfather beating him and then all of a sudden his only response to that pain was to get up in front of people and start leading worship mm-hmm. some could go to drugs he went to yeah presence of god yeah yeah wow. so it's so when you hear these songs mm-hmm. their only response was to worship and lead others now right um, so you've been doing it for so long and i want to go into a song here that is one of my my favorites, I think, in the history of worship music, the bridge of forever <laughs> is one of the most powerful moments. I like the rest of it too, but yeah, I'll stop stroking your ego here in a second. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just give our audience just, you don't have to give any details, but you're working on new music. Is that accurate? Absolutely accurate. Okay. So excited. Yeah. And how much when you're married to somebody who has the same occupation, <laughs> is it guaranteed that Okay, come on, be on this with me. <laughs> or do you keep them separate kind of a deal? Oh, man, that's always something we're having to pray about, you know. And Cody and I love doing worship together. We've done worship together for so many years, and it's our favorite to get to lead together. So we, we do, we have to actually really pray into what is this going to sound like. And for this album, it's going to be a live worship project. Cody's on it. He'll sing on it. And I keep asking him, like, do you want to do some of these songs? And he's like, well, you're doing 15 songs. There's no space for me. <laughs> you know? It's like, unless people want to stay for six hours that night, they might be a little tired, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I think what's beautiful is I think God's writing this story. And it's sweet because I was doing worship and doing you know, the quote unquote artist thing before we got married. So then us getting married and God beginning to just really, um, Cody has such a strong gift on his life. And I knew that even before I married him, he's always had such a gift to write. And we were best friends before we got married. He did music with me. We wrote together before we got married. So it's fun because I saw this in my heart for him. And so I lo- I've loved getting to champion what's on his life. And then to now watch God begin to mold those things together. And he- the Lord's really prepared the way for us to get to do this together. And without any question, no one's like bummed about that. You know, it's like everyone's like, yeah, of course, we love both of you. We want you to do this together. It's, it's just fun to watch God make it come together. That's you know, great. I love it. I'm yeah. so excited about that. Um, during lockdown, you and Cody showed up on... NBA star Steph Curry Zoom, or I guess that was Instagram Live mm-hmm. call. Mm-hmm. He was doing it with a lot of faith-based artists. You know, this was right when the blessing was just taken off. And so I'm watching Steph Curry. His wife is quite famous now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Aisha. Aisha, yeah. She's got a cooking thing or a show. Yeah. And then their kids became very famous because Steph brought one of his little girls on in a press conference and she was so cute that it went viral kind of a deal. Super cool, yeah. So as believers, they started having... You know, their audience is NBA 
most of their audience is not believers. But all of a sudden I kept seeing Joel Houston and Mm -hmm. Taya was on there. And then all of a sudden there you and Cody are singing the blessing. And it was Mm -hmm. just so cool to watch the two parents holding their kids and they were just in their living room in front of their right. fireplace, rocking back and forth. How did that come about? Did they contact you? You just reached out because they were fans? <laughs> well, yeah. they, they wanted to put that together. They actually worked through Jason Kennedy, um, is, who's a good friend of theirs. And he just kind of made it all happen. And it was a really special night. That was really, really neat. And it was kind of right when COVID started. So it was everybody was just so like glued to social media of just like wanting to connect and know what everyone was up to and have encouragement. So it was a really, really powerful night. What's interesting is that could have been playing the blessing to their audience could have been the biggest audience to ever consume the blessing. When you think of that many people, absolutely. You know, um, and just the, the non-believers taking in those words that you guys were singing is yeah, it's pretty powerful. The, the response uh, from this song is I've cried more tears of just like being so moved, just that it's connecting to hearts and and meeting people in a place of question and just being reminded of these are just literal truths from the Word of God of who He is and who He says He'll be for us. You know, and so just getting to like be a part of watching people get that revelation is really beautiful for my heart. I right. love it. Um, the part of parenting you did not see coming <laughs> that, that, that was not in the brochure and it surprised you the most. <laughs> what would you say? Oh, my goodness. Ah, just how long it takes to get in the car to go anywhere <laughs> like like can't find shoes can't find the water bottle like just everything's strewn about all the time i used to keep a very organized clean house now it, it's just mayhem <laughs> and they're two boys too so they're loud and crazy and uh, you can't see this today but i was re- required by my four-year-old to bring lightning mcqueen and a racetrack race uh what is this a racing flag, flag. Yeah. yeah uh he had to come to the, my interview today so he oh, is with me so he is here with us great <laughs> that's awesome um this is sort of my last question before we do something special to end kind of the theme that i want to focus on throughout the fall and and the like with a lot of our artists is the subject of prayer because i uh, i grew up in the church like just from a baby and so knew all the bible stories before i was five kind of a deal but the prayers I was praying as a young kid were very, not fear-based, but kind of guilt-based where it's like, if you don't get this in, mm-hmm. it's like, I haven't brushed my teeth today, like mm. it's, which is sort of law-based, let me pray because God will be mad if I don't. And, so, right. and then I'm 43 now, and I'm desperate to connect via prayer. It's such a huge part of the faith journey is prayer, but you're talking to a God you can't see or hear. It feels like you're making it up. Are am I in my subconscious? Are you hearing me? Do I have enough faith for you to even hear me? So I know a lot. If I'm struggling with that as somebody who's been around faith things my whole life on the other side of the radio, it's an important part, but a confusing part for a lot of our audience. Um, and the only things that have really helped me is when somebody has, you know, they've learned something about prayer that somebody else taught them. Mm-hmm. There's like, okay, I know how to pray like this now because that person taught me. Yeah. It. So for you, is there one or two things in regards to prayer that you've had a revelation about that has impacted you that could help people on the other side of the radio today? Yeah, I love this question. 
Uh, and God is a God of faith. So you can't take that out of the equation and want a different answer. You know, everything with being a believer is about faith. And I love that God, um, he shows up and shows us fruit of that. You know, he gives us these tangible things in life to hold on to because you know there's just these moments you see prayer answered that you're like, only God could have done that. And I think I think of prayer and I think about my relationship with Jesus literally like that as a relationship, so like a friendship. And you don't get to know a friend by not spending time and talking to them. You can't be friends with somebody without really sharing your heart and connecting. And so it's the same way. That's what prayer is. It's a conversation with Jesus. It's a conversation about, hey, I, I'm bringing my burdens. But also, it's so important to declare over our lives who God is. Like prayer can't just be one-sided. If I need you to do this for me, I want this, I want that. Prayer should also be worship. You know, it's it's a it's just a posture of our heart and just pouring praise on God too. Of like, you know, you say in your word this, and I'm going to trust that. And I'm going to declare these truths over my life today. Like take the blessing, for instance. You could take something, a song like that, and use that as a prayer. You could use that bridge of, may his favor be upon me. those, Those are prayers. Those are declarations of truth and life over us that begin to shift what we can't see so that the fruit is something we can see. Yeah. You know, and that's that's how it works. I always remember Tomlin saying your job is I see it as you're leading worship with music. And he's like, I'm essentially setting people up for small prayers with God. There's music involved, but they're having these. Maybe it was Matt Marr. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it was these private prayers. I'm giving people a chance to just pray. Yeah. But it sounds like they're singing, but they're praying and connecting. Setting people up for encounters with the Lord, you know? I mean, for me and for you, like we could sit here and talk about encounters we've we've had with God, and most of them would include something that happened with with a worship song or or a movement or some kind of experience at church that really connected us to knowing we wanted relationship with Jesus, you know, some conversation that somebody had with us that moved your heart and made you realize, I want that. I want to know God like that. And so it's all about having an encounter and and experiencing his presence. That's what changes you. Cool. We'll end on this. As um, we do this with all the artists we've been having in, we brought a piano into the studio for this little thing called Tickling the Ivories. Oh, no. And it's most of the artists we play don't play piano. I'm like, oh, no. Do I need to play (laughs) the piano? (laughs) Well, the theory is um, when somebody does know how to play, it's like, oh, cool. But it's the ones that don't know how to play. (laughs) We basically set a clock to 30 seconds to let you do whatever you want to do with 30 seconds. You can have fun with it and do chopsticks. (laughs) You could do whatever you want. I mean, we literally, I'll go ahead and throw Hope Darst under the bus. (laughs) She's like. I don't play. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's some people that say I don't play. But then Mike Weaver will go into Redeemed. (laughs) I can play in the key of C. (laughs) It might not be in time of anything, but... (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be better than us. And so you can have fun with it. It doesn't have to be serious. Um, But we'll we'll go Mikey up, 30 seconds of tickling the ivories. Whatever you want to give us will be great. Oh, wow. All right, here we go. It is time for tickling the ivories (laughs) with Carrie Job. And disclarification. Uh, disclaimer? disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does not play piano. Is not a piano player. I'm not a piano 
pianist. Right. But so, I can play, I, I like to worship with the piano. Okay. So here, here would be what it would sound like if you were at my house and I was going to play piano to try to write. Okay. Well, we'd see kid, we'd hear children in the background, and then you'd oh, hear totally, this. it'd yeah. be very chaotic, but there would be a little, you know, a little seriousness okay. of like. Wrapping up new music is in the works. We can't speak of it more than that, <laughs> but it's but it's coming. Yeah, and uh, great to finally get you in front of these microphones. Thank you for your time. Honor, love you guys. I love when people say they can't play piano and then they sit down in front of a piano and actually bust something out. When I say I can't play a piano, I cannot play a piano. It sounds like a cat walking across the, the keys. I loved what she had to say, though, about, about worship and working with a spouse that has a similar job. Thank you so much for listening to the JR Show podcast. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Carrie. If you're interested in some of the things we talked about, Matt Redman's book, the Instagram Live on Steph Curry's Instagram, those are all available for you in the show notes. If you liked this podcast, if you would give it a five-star rating, that would be swell. Feel free to share it with any of your friends, even if they're not friends. And also don't forget to subscribe so when a new episode comes out, you will be notified. And speaking of new episodes, the next episode of the JR Show podcast will be the legendary Bear of Need to Breathe. Again, thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the JR Show. Until next time, peace!